0: All right, it's Chance of Gaming Podcast, episode 52. It's been a little bit, but always is uh, Richard with me. Or I can't remember, was it always with Richard or always with Roy? Regardless, they're both here today, so there you go.
1: I have not always been there, but I've been there from the beginning. How
0: about (laughs) we'll do it
1: that way. This is Rich. I'm coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hiding in the bunker.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is Roy from Holland, Michigan, and we're definitely not gonna hit, get hit by a fiery meteor in the next month.
0: Probably. I honestly thought that was like this weekend, you know. And you know, I I when I saw that, they're like NASA is tracking multiple asteroids the size of stadiums, and I was like, eh, well, you know, at this point, I'm not surprised. You know, it's just this is 2020. This is this is how it is. This is how mm-hmm. it all ends, right here. So yeah.
2: Um, have you got asteroids yeah no but my dad does Uh, yeah
0: yeah it's like who yeah who had that in their uh yeah i don't know in their in their apocalyptic bingo who had asteroids it's like oh it's me uh oh yeah the st louis thing reminded me um uh i don't know if you got the picture i texted you yesterday richard but in the wilds of marion illinois in a thrift store I found a surgeon's cap with the St. Louis Blues logo.
1: I saw that, yeah. Yeah.
0: So for a dollar, I bought it. My wife was nice. like, "I think, I think that's a um, a chef's hat." And I brought it home, and it actually had um, a uh, website in the in, on the inside of it. And I and I went to it, and it's like, no, they make custom surgeons hats, scrubs huh. hats for, I guess, doctors or nurses. So I'm going to try th-
1: So. So they make stuff. it wasn't Arch Apparel, was it?
0: Uh, I can't remember. Uh, honestly, I'll link it in the show. I'll link Arch it in Apparel the show notes. makes
1: a lot of stuff with St. Louis logos on it. So
0: this was you could you could go there and it's Scrubs and you could get them with like collegiate logos or you know whatever. <laughs> okay. and yeah. Now uh, I'll also say we may lose me in the middle of recording. And so, honestly, I guess we'd actually lose the recording, too, because it's being recorded on my end, because tropical storm, whatever, is currently impacting the Mississippi Gulf Coast, so. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I guess it's going to hit me in a couple days, but it'll hit you harder. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's going to be like 1 a.m. this morning. It'll, yeah, it'll get us, and there you go, and so, anyway. So yeah, I was going to record like last weekend, but honestly, I was really feeling kind of down, you know, cause the fucking world's on fire, you know, currently I was like, man, I just, I'm kind of overwhelmed and you know, I don't know what to say or do or, you know, whatever. So I was like, okay guys, um, I'm, I'm you know, uh, let's just push this back like, you know, a day, a week or whatever. And I kind of went about my business. So I'm like out with like my, my wife and my daughter and, uh, I left my phone in my car and like, I, you know, a few hours later I get back and I had like, uh, missed call and multiple text messages from a friend of mine. And, um, it turns out a friend of ours, uh, died last Sunday. And so I was like, you know, just wow. So, you know, that's kind of like where I was. Hmm. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just a weird thing. I mean, I've tweeted about it, you know, uh, a bit. He was a friend, and um, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's like you know those people you're friends with, but you know you just kind of uh, I don't know move on. They kind of disappear, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. But if you yeah. saw if you saw them again, you'd be like, oh man, Roy, awesome! I haven't seen you in forever. You'd be very excited to see him, you know. Yep. It was it was that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess it wasn't that kind of, you know, close friend, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, my friend, uh, my really, really good best friend, it, it really just tore him up, this, this death. And um, so it was kind of having to deal with that for like the past week. And there was a funeral. And man, if the world was correct, you know, if there wasn't, you know, a virus going around and all this stuff, I would have been there, but it was like, I, I had like, all the kids were here, you know, and they were about, uh, half of them were about to go back to their moms, uh, for a couple of weeks. And so I just didn't feel comfortable. Cause I mean, here in Mississippi, that's where every outbreak of COVID has been, has been, uh, funerals. Every single one of them has been traced back to like funerals. Oof. You know, just because, I guess, how we do things here in the South. You know, you're going to shake hands, you're going to hug people, you're going to cry, you know, all this different stuff. So, I just didn't feel comfortable, and it really, really bothered me. And, uh, yeah, and uh, my friend went and was really torn up, and, yeah. So, my friend Blake, he was 40 years old. He had just turned 40 the previous week. And, uh, apparently from what I've gathered over the past five or six years was he was struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it you know, and so, I mean, nobody knows. I mean, it, you kind of get that whole thing of like, when somebody dies, will you ever really know, you know, the reason why they died? Cause I mean, their family will know you'll get, they'll get the call, you know, from the, the coroner or whatever for the cause of death. But, like, you yourself, like, eh, you know, you may never know what it was. And so, for us, it's like we pretty much think it had to do with opioid use, so. And, uh, uh I mean, I don't know, it's just, I know this is a tabletop gaming podcast, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a thing for me, as it's affected me in the past before. Uh, addiction really, really sucks. It, addiction caused me to, like, grow up without a mother. I mean, there was a person living there in my house, but I didn't have a mom, per se. So, that made my life... No lie. My, my life really difficult. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, she finally overdosed when I was 33. So, you know... Eh, it's, it's a thing. And, uh, to seem like that, I mean, with that kind of thing, even with a friend, you go through like all the, the, uh, the stages of grief and uh, a lot of it is like, well, what could I have done? Cause I mean, I thought in my own head multiple times about, you know what, I, you know, I should write him a letter or, you know, something you know, just to see how he's doing. You know, I've heard how he is and how he's pushed everybody away and all this different stuff and like i don't know you know what what if what if what if i actually wrote him a letter would it have turned things around would it have changed things i don't know but the reality is, is i
2: don't i was just said uh, that's
0: not worth beating yourself up over me. no it's not and with me it's i'm i'm not so much doing that but my my other friends really are because they were they went to high school with the guy i met him as a friend of a friend And Mm -hmm. that friend uh, went to high school with him. And, you know, my friend Dave has this little group of friends. There's like four or five of them. And they have been friends since high school, and they're still friends today. I really, really admire that. I really, really do. I wish I had that kind of connection with that many people. And so... Blake was the youngest, and it it just, it really, really, they were all in a band together, you know, that was the thing, mm-hmm. they were, they were going to be rock stars and all this stuff, when I met them, my friend Dave was the bassist and Blake was the drummer, and uh, they, you know, that was just the thing, and damn, it's just sad, you know, just to see, the, the saddest part is seeing these guys and like what they're going through, and what really sucks is like I can't, I can't be there, you know, physically. You know, because like my friend Dave, he like lives by himself, you know, and he's been like quarantining by himself. You know, I've had to check on him so much because, you know, people go nuts. You know, you have to have some kind of contact with people. I mean, that's just how we are as primates. And So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I feel bad about that. So I guess all that to say, you know, if if you're struggling with addiction, if you have a problem with addiction, you can be addicted to a lot of different things. You know, I would absolutely say seek help, and I can't tell you where. I mean, I'm just some dumbass talking to you on a podcast. <laughs> uh, I I can't tell you where, but just look for it, and you know, you owe it to your loved ones. You'd be very surprised, like the people that would actually that you know that miss you when you're gone, and people that um, really love you, and you may not even know that how you've pushed people away or or whatnot. But yeah. I People, people will miss you. So, please, if you have a problem, just seek help. So, I mean, that was just my two cents. I wanted to uh, toss in there.
2: Well, yeah. thanks for sharing. I, I learned something new about you today, Adam.
0: I know. I mean, I'm more. I am more or less an open book. I would like <laughs> to consider myself an open book. So, yeah, I generally talk to. We'll talk about whatever, and I think my biggest thing is like you know, hey, let's not make the same mistakes that. You know, Adam made or, you know, go through the same things that, uh, yeah, the problem I had. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, there you go. Anyway, so I think we're supposed to do a. Are, are we some sort of tabletop podcast? I don't know. I don't remember. Who knows? I think
2: so. Different.
0: I don't know. It and, it, it, and it may be like, you know, people just like, oh man, I'm just really plugged in. I want to know, like, what beer rich is drinking this week how what the
1: what the weather is in michigan
0: yes no, no yeah what kind what of the weather
1: was mm-hmm. in michigan on june 7th when they recorded this <laughs>
0: what kind of wood did roy work with this week you know we could uh, do a, we could do a tom- wood. we could do a tongue twister that way what wood would roy work with wednesday i don't <laughs> well,
2: know well for what it's worth the the beer that I'm drinking right now is called Dirt. It is a Founder's beer. It is a uh, Scotch ale, and I quite like it.
0: I do like Scotch ales. On the uh, the mm-hmm. occasion that I found some, I'll tell you, I found some yesterday while I was traveling. It's Fat Bottom Brewing. I don't know mm-hmm. where that came from, and this is uh, Ruby, which is an American red ale, and it's uh, really freaking good. If you like, oh, if you right. like, oh, okay, Fat Bottom Brewing uh, is from Nashville, Tennessee. So there you go. Okay. okay. Which I do hope to actually cool. actually make it to uh, what is that thing we're supposed to go to, Richard? They got pushed back. It's not historic in St. fest. Yes, historic fest, and yeah. uh, is it in Kansas? No, Kansas City. Uh, it's in Kansas it's in City, Kansas Missouri.
1: City. Yeah, I think yeah. it's technically in Missouri. Yeah. Oh yeah. When Man, I... I hope that still happens. I'm really looking forward to it. We're actually uh, coming up in a, a couple of weeks. We're gonna do a little bit of a virtual thing the weekend that it was supposed to be.
0: Uh, it reminds me when I travel I um, I go all the way up Mississippi through Tennessee through Missouri and I end up like I end up at a point where I'm about 150 miles from St. Louis and it's like I turn right to go to Illinois and I could turn left to go to St. Louis so yeah. <laughs> Now that we've been doing this podcast, that trip is different for me. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, look, Richard's <laughs> just right over there.
2: So, Rich, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for Rich. So my uh, mother's family is from northeast uh, Missouri. Uh-huh. or But the, as they call it around there, Missouri. Yeah. So for you, is it Missouri or Missouri?
1: Missouri. Okay. Uh, it's I'm sure somebody has a map out there that says where it's what, but it's pretty much an urban-rural thing. So, like, urban and suburban areas
2: gotcha. are going to be more right.
1: likely to be Missouri, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, rural areas are more likely to be Missouri.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's, it was then, very super rural.
1: the joke that follows is no matter where you are, you're in Missouri.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, I, I like grew up in here, Iowa. Right?
1: Missouri is a beautiful state. Um, yep. You know, every state has its issues. We certainly have ours, but I I love it here.
2: Did you know that? Uh, of course, I grew up in Iowa. The Iowa is actually an acronym. It stands <laughs> for idiots yeah. out wandering around. Idiots <laughs> out wandering around.
0: Hmm iowa yeah it's like have i ever been to iowa i don't know it's one again this is like one of those weird like where is that even state you know
2: it's the definition yeah. of a flyover state yeah i think
1: i went to well i know i went to des moines once on a hockey trip and i think that's the only time i've been up there but yeah. i've always yeah. i've always thought doing rag, rag would be interesting and fun Mm-hmm. There's a, a big bike bicycle. It's not really a race. It's a, a like a group ride across mm-hmm. Iowa
2: that they do every year. So you dip your back wheel in the Mississippi River and you dip your front wheel in the Missouri River.
0: Oh. It's kind oh,
2: of the yeah. the uh, yeah. <laughs> the ritual that goes along with it. <laughs> hmm. I've heard it's a good time though. Yeah, I've, I've never gone, but I hear people talk about it. I have friends that have ridden it before. Yeah. So hey, I played some games. Awesome. Should I talk about them?
0: Go ahead. Yeah, i right.
2: not. <laughs> so, let's see. I only have, well, I guess, four games here. Uh, I played... So, you guys remember the uh, Hogwarts Battle game? That I'm, I'm sure I've talked about that Is before. Is that the one I, you and I played? Yeah, huh? maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah. So, um, there's, a, there's a Toy Story overlay version of this game, and that's called Toy Story Obstacles and Adventures. So, it's... It's uh, basically you're you're confronted with uh, various villains. So like Sid, you have to defeat Sid, or you have to defeat Lazzo Hug and, Bear, and it plays over six or seven uh, games. You can play a campaign of it, and each game you're adding in extra cards and extra obstacles and different goals per game. So um, it's
1: just a straight reskinning.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I guess my one knock on it is that. Um, so, like, in the Hogwarts game, you had the lightning bolts, which were attack tokens, and you had uh, the coins, which were, uh, well, they were coins. So in the Toy Story game, your attack tokens are the, the Luxo lamp, which is, like, a really big token. Like, it, it takes up a lot of space on the board, and I wish they had kind of maybe made that a little bit smaller. Um, but when I played uh, the Harry Potter game, I've, I've realized that I really personally take pride in making a fast turn because I feel like if I make my turn too long, then I am kind of sucking fun from other people. And I I kind of, with, with the Harry Potter game and the Toy Story game, I need to realize that each turn, there's different rules that come into play for, for that turn. So you really have to be very methodical about, okay, well, first I... Before I can play any cards, first I do this section, and then I do these three sections, and then finally, once I get to that point, then okay, now I have a hand of cards and I can start doing something. Um, so I've kind of changed my my mindset about playing games like that. Um, I guess to everybody everybody's benefit because I would always get so frustrated that like, okay, I'm going to start my turn, but oh wait, I got to do this, and oh wait, I got to do this, and then eventually I have you know, like three cards I can play, and that's all there is to it. So I've, I've yeah. kind of changed my mindset about that game.
1: Yeah, and obviously it depends on the game you're playing. I've never... Obviously playing a fast turn is nice, but I always... As long as everyone's ready to play their turn, it really <laughs> annoys me. We're like, hey, Roy, it's your turn. You're like, oh, okay. Let me look at my cards. It's like, no, that's what you were supposed <laughs> to be doing when Adam was playing.
2: <laughs> yeah. or it's, We have one player in our Friday night that game group that uh it seems like he always and he's he he's the the husband of a gamer. He says I'm just here for the the food and the fellowship. <laughs> and so he'll like wait until like right before his turn and then he'll go get a, bag, a plate of chips. Oh,
1: that's the worst.
2: <laughs> so we we kind of tease him about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was uh Toy Story: Obstacles and Adventures. and the artworks you know, I mean it's it's I don't know, it's it's Toy Story works, so there's nothing, um, nothing surprising about that.
1: Yeah. And the so then I, I played a game... game. The main thing I remember oh, from the Harry Potter one that we played was that it felt like the difficulty ramped up too quickly, and your power level didn't ramp up
2: with it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the deeper games, you know, the six and seven uh, yeah. era games are, yeah, it's it's uh, kind of torturous, I guess but I'm, I'm trying to change my mindset with this game, and maybe kind of backdate it to Harry Potter. Cool. And then I want to talk about a game called Madeira, which oh man, alive. So this game is available on Board Game Arena, and it is kind of a worker placement game, and there's dice involved, and you're um, you know, you're, you're exporting goods to various colonies, you're were selling goods, um, and you're uh, building buildings in a city, and I just I don't know it. I hated it. Um, but you know, uh, the other people in my game group had been playing it on the on the regs uh, during the week, and so I was the only guy that had not played uh, of the four of us that played that played this game, and I just I don't know it was it was a three hour root canal. So was it
1: just too long, too busy? Was it like too much in there? Well, it's so some, some games that it almost feels like they just added too many pieces to it. The same game would have been good if it was just a little simpler.
2: Mm-hmm. The, uh, so if you recall the, the Teotihuacan game. Yeah. I remember
1: I, you didn't like that one very much.
2: Well, you know, I, I kind of liked it. I liked it when I played it at the con the year before I met you guys there. Um, and I liked it, but that's because the person that was running the game was a demoer. So like he, like he knew his shit with it. Yeah. Um, so I had I do have a copy of Teotihuacan, and it is, um, yeah, there is a lot of bookkeeping in it, and there's a lot of bookkeeping in this Madeira game too. Um, so as an aside, I see that uh, Teotihuacan is in beta at uh, board game Arena. So eventually, I may have to give it a play there so anyway Madeira um, although I, I I did not care for it although I see it's it's on sale on, on Amazon for 200 bucks so I don't know what the deal is with that
1: probably uh, just because it's out of print that could That'd be. be my guess yeah. stuff like that people jack up the price uh,
2: so then I played uh, several yeah, games of... if you
1: look at if you look at Board Game Geek it recently sold for $35 oh
2: okay <laughs> alright uh, and then it's Seven Wonders. You guys have played Seven I have, Wonders yeah. before? Okay, I
1: played I, I've played Duel a bunch of times, but I've actually only played Seven
2: Wonders once. Okay, it's. Uh, I was surprised this game came out in 2010. So 10, 10 years ago is when this game came out. Yeah. Uh, but the um, there's quite a bit of setup, and so like to play a full like a seven player game is pretty long. Um, and you end up with with kind of a card explosion on your table, um, but playing it on Board Game Arena, we can play a full seven player game in half an hour, maybe, if people are dragging their feet. Um, so I, I didn't really know enjoy. Went up to seven. Wow. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of in the name.
1: No <laughs> seven. No seven wonders, though, not seven well, players. Right. 7 wonders just means you can only build 7 wonders but yeah I don't I guess like I said I've only played it once but I didn't know the player count went up that high.
2: Yeah. And that's you know we and we pulled it out we kind of it's well when we're playing it on tabletop it's uh, kind of a starter game for us. Okay. Um but on Board Game Arena it goes super fast. Uh and then uh, I played some Dungeons and Dragons last night. Um and uh, we we're playing in the land of Eberron, which uh, I know that's a favorite of yours, Rich. Yeah. Uh, but I, we're we're just getting into it, so we're, um, actually we're starting at, well, we're at fourth level now. We were at third level, so we are the incorporating the Acquisitions Incorporated book. Oh yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It's it's entertaining.
1: You know, I used to I used to always follow them. Like as soon as they put out something new, that uh, I'd always listen to them. And I think I think I'm probably behind on them now. I know they used to always record something new at at the PAX conferences. Um, I don't know if they did both of them, but it's been a while since I've heard. So I, I don't know if they put anything. I know mm-hmm. they've got the games out now. They've got you know the D and D stuff, and then they had Clank that came out as well. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I should I should. Look them up and see if they've got any new podcasts or YouTube videos or anything. Hmm. They were entertaining. hmm.
0: All right. So. Yeah, my
2: audio we're...
0: dropped again. Oh. Oh, do we lose Roy? I don't know. He said, but that's the weird thing is we can hear him. Can he hear us? He said he was. Ma- I Hello? See... Oh, man. Yeah.
1: We can hear you. Hello, Roy.
2: Can you hear us? <laughs>
0: He said he's making a Hello. Star Wars Legion army box with slot out metal brownie pans and magnetized figure bases, which, I mean, that's... I'm text him real quick. Mm-hmm. This is, like, where we we should have, like, a soundboard Roy that comes in, but, yeah, you know.
1: You should do that. You should go over all
0: our old episodes and come up with our greatest hits. Oh, my gosh. That would require work. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: we can hear you, Roy. I see that. Yes, we can hear you, Clint Fandango. I don't know. What he's doing... So, hmm. Yeah, I want to hear about this uh, awesome box he made.
1: Yeah, I've thought about doing that with some of mine. I, it's always, uh, well, you know this better than anybody, Addie, because you play more miniatures than any of us, but coming up with a good storage solution is. It's almost like a fun mini game, but it can be frustrating too.
0: Yeah, um, my. Oh. oh, Roy Ort joined. There he is. Yes. Sorry. Hey, Roy. We are desperate my to hear we we're, we're, we're desperate to hear about your uh, box that you're making with oh. slot out brownie pants.
2: Oh okay. Yes, uh, so I'm uh, I'm making a Star Wars Legion army box. So I uh, my wife gave me some some extra metal brownie pants that she had. And I've slotted the inside of this box and I'm gonna magnetize my figure bases to stick into the pan. Uh, so and I've seen people do that before. Um and uh, that's, I think it's going to work out very nice for me.
1: Yeah, I was just what, I was just talking to Adam about that, and Adam's played more miniatures games than anyone. But
2: trying to find a
1: good storage solution and also a transportation solution because they're not exactly the same thing as sort of a mini game. If if you play a lot of miniatures games, I didn't mean that fun, but it sure came out that way. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Adam, what do you do with all it? stuff because Um, honestly the only miniatures game i play is legion and i just use some of those little foam things that you you pull out the things to make them fit
0: uh well yeah that works really well uh i think i have i have a shitload of battle foam i and i usually buy something minimum like 25 dollars maximum a shitload every time they do a sale (laughs) Because I, they're they're too expensive for like just regular price, in my opinion. Right. Because so, the
1: stuff I have is not battle foam; it's like whatever the cheaper version of battle foam is.
0: So, and I have multiple like battle foam boxes, uh, cases too, which is funny, because like um, I bought a clear, I buy them on clearance. I bought a clearance um, Privature Press War Machine bag. Because it was the exact same dimensions as the Flames of War bag. So, I got it for a third of the price of the Flames of War bag. And, yeah, it just has the wrong logo on it. Whatever. I don't care. So, uh, yeah, I use a lot of foam. But lately, you know, magnets have become really hot in uh, miniature gaming. And they've been hit or miss for me. It really depends on... Like, I t- I, buying magnets and super-gluing them to the bottom of your miniatures uh, is a little problematic, sort of. My, the best luck I've had is actually buying magnet bases made out of magnets, like from um, uh, Shogun miniatures. You know, I've talked about them before, that I buy a ton of mag- magnetic bases for them. Most of my historic stuff is based on magnets. And I have started buying brownie pans off of uh, Amazon because they're legitimately cheaper than places like Phil's uh, Baggage Train that pretty much sells the exact same thing, only it's like uh, cardboard and magnets, sort of. But this is a nice metal pan, and it works perfectly. And usually I can get them for less than $10 a piece. And so I've gotten a bunch of those, and that's most of my historic stuff is in that. So,
1: I wonder if you could get them at the dollar store.
0: I don't know. I've gotten where I started like looking at like Kroger and stuff like that to see if they put any on sale. But uh, Amazon, they're usually like two for eighteen dollars or something like yeah. that, and they actually come with covers too. So yeah,
1: that's that's nice.
0: So you have this big nice magnetic pan. And it has a cover, so you can stack stuff on top of it. So, you know.
2: Okay.
1: Ah. So, how are you doing your bases, Roy? Oh. Are you just gluing magnets to the bottom, or is there something more than that?
2: So, I found some uh, peel and stick magnets off of Amazon that fit right into the base. They're like seven eighths of an inch or three quarters of an inch around in diameter.
1: Cool. And is one of those oh. like, will it hold even the bigger stuff, like TonTon's or T forty seven? Well, you know, I have
2: not put it on the bigger bases yet. Okay, um, I so I've only stuck it on one just to make sure that it works. So I probably put like you know, maybe two or three onto the uh, the bigger based figures.
0: Cool. I've gotten some of those so. and had pretty good luck with them. Uh, with some of the smaller stuff, uh, I've used, um, but mm-hmm. usually I try to be proactive. Like uh, yeah, like I said, Shogun Minis is usually who I end up getting my bases from, and just buy those. But I actually had to buy some and stick them on and, yeah, see to work. Anyway, whatever. So, so uh, yeah, I guess we go to me if I've been playing. Um, no, but I'm actually getting out this week for the first time on Tuesday. I'm going to go out and, uh, for whatever reason, I, look, I don't understand. I really, really don't. I've spent decades of my life trying to get interest in particular games up in my area to no avail. But sometimes I just wake up one day and all of a sudden the local Facebook group is full of like, Hey guys, have you heard of this game called Bolt Action? Yeah, let's all play. So like 13 people have bought into this damn game. you know? And I'm like, really? I've been just playing this with a couple of friends uh, for the past six months. And all of a sudden, literally 13 people have bought into it. They're like, oh, is this like... This is like 40K in World War Two. This is awesome. I've always been... And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So Tuesday, I'm supposed to show these kids how to play the damn game. So there you <laughs> go. So that happened... You don't
1: have to buy anything for it, do you? Because no, I own, would...
0: I own tons yeah. of it. I have early war French. I have early war Germans. I have mid-war Germans. I have Africa Corps. I have all this stuff that I've collected... You know, had painted, put together, whatever, and have just been basically playing it, you know, a few times a year. But a friend of mine moved up here uh, recently, and so, yeah, it, we've been playing about twice a month and really enjoying it. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to complain, though. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it and just run with it. And then the other one was Infinity. Uh, a friend of another friend I discovered wanted to play and got into it and a new edition's about to come out for it and so we're looking between me him and about four other people starting to play it so yeah i'm, I'm like living in the golden age of playing shit that i want to play if i could just find a local <laughs> to play advanced squad leader you know every now and then i'd be doing really good so yeah anyway so richard tell me about here i stand
1: yeah so it's funny because it feels like I haven't played that many games lately but then when I kind of sat down I mean we were delayed by a week but I don't know I sat down I guess I've been playing some games and um, yeah but the big one was yesterday we played an online a live vassal game of here our stands we had six players. Um, I've talked about it before it's it's one of my absolutely favorite games. It's just an amazing game and if you have the time, you've got a Saturday free and you've got five other people because really you only want to play with six um it, it's it's the best way you can spend a Saturday um so yeah we played yesterday we played online live Vassal and I I play lots of Vassal games if here I stand but usually they're played by email so you know we're using there's a a website called axe that tracks the cards and the die rolls and everything and you know you just you play your turn and you say okay france you're up next and then france plays and they say okay people say you're up next and they play and and so it's just a series of emails to the group um but this one was actually live with all of us at down playing all day and it was i mean it was everything that here i stand is we had diplomacy sections we had people backstabbing each other and trying to knock the leader off the top and everything and it was it was great, and the Protestants won. I played the Ottomans. Um, I made my move too early and got too aggressive with the Habsburgs, and he sent a huge army after me, and it basically knocked us both down to half play, last place, because we just started beating on each other so badly. So, but it's an amazing game. I love it.
0: <laughs> How the the Protestants won? That's yeah. This I don't know. That's, I'm sorry. That's just a very funny thing to say. So.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the game is called Here I Stand, the Reformation Wars, (laughs) so the Protestants should win
2: the game.
0: Those daggum Protestants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look, which reminds me, look, if you honestly, I know, you know, the world is fucking on fire and shit is is happening. (laughs) If you really want to be cheered up, there is a series on Netflix that I completely and utterly adore and highly recommend, and that's Dairy Girls. Derry Girls? I've, I've never heard of I've that.
2: I've seen part of that. I've seen it, maybe it, three or four episodes. It,
0: ta- it takes place like in the 80s in Derry, Ireland. So it's, it's in the middle of the Troubles. But it's a comedy. And it's pretty damn good. And of course, I'll also say I fucking highly recommend Space Force.
1: Yeah, we need to watch that one. We haven't seen it yet.
0: I, look, yeah, neither have I. It's been a long time since I've watched something and actually laughed out loud. At how it is and look, the first episode is terrible. It's terrible. It's a horrible, you know, judge for to get into this thing. It's terrible. Give it a chance. Keep going through a couple more episodes and it's fantastic. So there you go. Steve well, Corella is not because in because I would watch the first one and go, This is stupid. I'm not watching. I'm <laughs> I can't watching tell you how life. many how many of my friends did that. They're like, Really? You like that? I couldn't get through the first episode. I'm like, please, it sucks. I know, but push through it. It is hysterical. <laughs> Especially,
1: funny As funny as Steve Carell is, he has had some things like that where you're like, eh, this just isn't
0: good. Okay, look, it's to me, it's not about him. It's about the supporting cast. If you like, oh, okay. if you liked Parks and Rec, have you guys watched Parks, Parks and Rec? Several times. Uh, yeah, I've
1: seen most of it. I okay. haven't seen the whole series, but yeah.
0: So, fucking John Ralfio is in this. cool. Oh. <laughs> and it,
1: oh, okay. See, now I'm watching it. Okay,
0: his character is named Fuck Tony, so and <laughs> he is he's their uh, social media brand manager. He, oh okay. my gosh, it's he shines in this. And I not, think
1: John Ralfio might be the greatest minor character in TV history. Yes, yes. <laughs> and,
0: and then it it has. I'm sorry, but okay, I'm gonna say this, but I'm honestly not sure if it's true. I'm gonna say Academy Award winner John Malkovich. <laughs> has yeah. he, he won anything I don't know anyway anyway probably. I'll, I'll ju- probably he should anyway <laughs> I'll just say fantastic actor John malkovich is a is a, is one of the main characters and he is fantastic utterly fantastic he's like their head scientist guy and he is the dead pan straight guy versus Carell's you know kind of like uh oh, blah, 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 blah. so yeah anyway so there you go. Watch that; it's fantastic. Is, John
1: Malkovich uh, Steve? nominated twice for Best Supporting Actor, never won. Oh,
0: uh, okay.
2: In being John John Malkovich? Oh Probably man! Not. No, yeah. uh,
1: in the Line of Fire and Places in the Heart.
2: Okay. He was in. Was he in the Amadeus movie too? Uh, no.
0: No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Is, this is the movie
1: section of the podcast. Well, we'll come back to that too. I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, history on the tabletop is not going to give you John Malkovich Oscar talk. So there you go. This is where you need to be, right here. You're right.
1: Those guys won't talk about John Malkovich.
0: No, sure. never.
1: Unless, unless he buys a section, uh, a portion of P or something. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah, what were we talking about? Here I stand.
0: And yeah, then and, Space and, Force. yeah, Space Force. Na- and then
1: natural you're... segue. Yes. <laughs> so um, I've also been playing online, of course, um, Red Storm Baltic Approaches. We interviewed um, Doug Bush last year. Was that just last year? Seems like a million years ago. Um, who is the, the designer of both games, Red Storm, which is uh, it's an air war game, 1985, West Germany. He's coming out with an expansion for it called Baltic Approaches that adds in, surprise, surprise, the Baltics, Denmark, Norway. Uh, you know, so you got no planes. The biggest thing is you got naval task forces as well. Um, so I've been playtesting that, and it's, you know, it's great. It's it's fun. It's it's just as good as the original game. Um, it's pretty cool because that the, the naval stuff does add an, an interesting twist to it. So I've been Wait. playing that one as well.
0: Yeah. Wait, okay. Doug Bush. Okay. Yeah, 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 that was my worst episode. My worst interview ever. <laughs> the one I complained so much about in, ha- in hating like, golly, I was, you know, it was just terrible. But that's, we
1: got so many compliments. On yes.
0: That. that episode was like downloaded more than any of them. They're like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is the greatest thing you've ever done. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was terrible on that.
1: Terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I've been playing that and it's great. Um, I've been playing a little more Atlanta is ours, although we did take some weeks off just because schedule conflicts and stuff. And I think we actually might be done with that for now. We didn't finish the campaign, but we got to a point where both of us feel like we know what we're doing. we both made some big mistakes and everything. We, we talked about starting over, um, but instead of starting over with Atlanta as ours, I think we're going to go on to roads to Gettysburg, which is the same system. Um, it's got a different booklet, different advanced rules and everything, but obviously it's Gettysburg instead of Atlanta. So I think we're going to play that just to switch around and learn that game as well. But they're both the same system by MMP, the great campaigns of the American civil war. And it's, I, it's amazing. I mean, I can't say anything bad about it. It's, it's just really, really good. And you should play it. Um, and there's more games coming out today. We've got a couple more coming out this year. I'm waiting until, um, What's it called On to Richmond, which has been announced, but not like a date yet. It's not even up for pre-order yet. So yeah. And I did get to play um, Pericles with my family. Actually, I I convinced my, my 10 year old, my 20 year old and my wife to sit down and play Pericles with me. I'm like, I really want to play. I'm trying to learn how to play. Just play through a single turn scenario with me. And they're like, okay, I will give you one turn. (laughs) And, and they all, I mean, they all, it was okay. None of them hated it, but none of them are like begging me to play it again either. But it's a fun <laughs> game. Um, the one turn scenario doesn't really shine just because, um, you know, first you're learning the game. And second of all, there's a lot that needs to carry over from turn to turn where you're building on things. You know, there's certain things like treachery markers that you can lay down to kind of flip your opponent's bases and stuff. And they're like, well, how do these work? And I said, well, this is how they work but it doesn't matter because it takes at least two and maybe three turns to do anything. So in a one turn scenario, literally it's, it's worthless. So, Mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun game. I've talked about it a little bit, but there's a section of it. It's a four player game, uh, two Athenian players, two Spartan players. And there's a section of the game where it's Athenian versus Athenian in the political arena where you're like voting on things and trying to decide what you're going to do when you go to war later in the turn. And the Spartans do the same thing with each other. And then after that is over, and you've done all your votes and everything, and you've decided what issues you're going to play out on the theater board, uh, then it's the two Spartans versus the two Athenians. So, fascinating mechanic. Um, it's comparable to Churchill, and I can see why the comparison is made, because Churchill is— You know, Churchill, Stalin, and Roosevelt all sitting down at the political table, and then the war kind of gets fought in the background. But this game is far and away better than Churchill. I did not think that Churchill was that interesting. I love Paraquipa. It's it's really good. Um, Mm. And then I finally got to play a game that I've really been wanting to play for a very long time, Sekigahara. Um, and I, I think this was after our last recording, but this is, it's a two-player game, another GMT game. It's 15th century Japan. Um, you play, like, the, the ruling family that's protecting, one side plays a ruling family that's protecting the crown prince, the other side plays basically the rebel army that's trying to overthrow them. And it's a card play game, block movements, you've got hidden pieces, but they match up with what cards are in your hand, so even if you have a big stack of blocks... If you don't have the cards that match those, it's a useless army to you. So there's bluffing involved. There's strategic movement involved. Um, it's not hard to learn. Really, it's a quick game to figure out the mechanics for. It's the strategy that makes it very deep. And I only got to play it once. I want to play it some more. Um, it's not a very big game. It's a little bigger than my my what I would call a coffee shop game. But you could play it at a coffee shop. Um takes... Probably two hours to play if you know what you're doing. Maybe three if you're, you're going back to the rulebook a lot. Um, very enjoyable though. I definitely want to play it some more. And uh, a big highlight to it is it's the learning curve versus the level of strategy. I think is at a great ratio.
0: Now that one's been on my list strictly because of the um, the quality of the components. It's um, oh yeah. It's blocks, right? In, yes. in addition to yeah. like some other stuff, it's not a pure block game, but it has some really nice looking blocks in it.
1: Yeah, it's it's wooden blocks and cards that you have in your hand, and each guy has his own deck. Each player has his or her own deck of cards. So the, you know the, I don't remember their names. Tokugawa That cut that out. Uh, somebody's getting mad because I mispronounced yeah. it. The black guys and the yellow guys, which actually that sounds even worse, now that I say it. <laughs> <laughs> the side that has the black pieces and black cards and the side that has the yellow pieces
2: and yellow
0: cards. You're just digging yourself deeper. Just there, <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Look, So this war- is my
1: last uh, appearance on this show.
0: Warlord Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, but the,
1: yeah, it's, it's a great game. I would highly recommend
0: it. The only one I can ever remember out of that that is uh, Nobunaga. And it's because I played a game on the original Nintendo called Nobunaga's ambition, which is I mean it's essentially the unification of Japan. You okay. are Warlord Nobunaga who is a uh, historical figure and you know against you know 12 yeah
1: that's not the name of the rebel side in this game, but it could be that that was one of his generals or maybe it's like a first name last thing name I honestly don't know. It's yeah. it's something very similar to Tokugawa and Ishiri. I think those are the two sides in the game.
0: Yeah, I'm just really bad with that. So. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I also, I've been trying to find an RPG to play um, and I've I've played a little bit online but not too much and online is okay but it's just not as good as face-to-face and I've even been talking to some of my friends that I used to play face-to-face with talking about an online game but and I don't think anybody's just really into it. And I don't blame them. So, so I just started playing Call of Cthulhu with my daughters, and had a lot of fun. It's um, the cool thing about Call of Cthulhu is it can be like as gross as you want it to be. So if I'm playing with my ten year old, you know, it's it's not going to be about oh this guy got eviscerated and they painted death to Whitey in his blood on the wall or something, you know. Um, <laughs> it's more of just like kind of a mystery solving game, you know. You've got a little mystery, and you need to investigate clues and find out. And um, you know, some of those clues lead you to places that may drive you insane. So, um, it's a, it's a fun system, and we're enjoying it so far.
0: All right. And, well, uh, yeah, I want to hear all about this next one. This is Roy's okay. shitty mo- shitty movie review. Yes. Uh, so uh,
2: this is a new thing. To-
1: music for this.
2: Well, maybe so. (laughs) So this is a thing I want to kind of try out. Um, So uh, we're going to talk about, I I watched a movie and I reviewed it. So we're going to talk about a movie, a little movie called Battle Beyond the Stars. Are either of you familiar with this movie? Yes, I know this movie. So it is available on Amazon Prime and it was made in 1980 and it was produced and directed in part by Roger Corman. So he's a B-movie guy. And he did like he did the original Little Shop of Horrors. He did Attack of the Crab Monsters, and a movie that I remember from my childhood called The Raven that had Vincent Price in it. Um, and it has uh, Richard Thomas in it from The Waltons, and George Papad from the A Team. So, Rich, have you are you familiar with this movie?
0: I've never heard of this movie before.
2: Okay. So it is it is a treat.
0: Let let me jump let me jump out ahead and okay uh, and roll with this. Okay, this was like, uh, kids, back in the day, uh, we had these things called video rental stores. And, (laughs) you know, you as a kid, you had no money and no way to really get to the rental store. So when your dad got off work on Friday, he would, like, go through the said rental store and grab some things that he thinks that you, the children, would like. Anyway, so that's how I ended up watching this thing. I heard audio. Are you still with us, Roy?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm
0: here. All right, cool. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It was made in 1980, and I probably ended up watching this around, like, 1986. Okay. Or or thereabouts. You know, it was just, like, this is a Star Wars. This is a space movie. So, we'll get this to watch. So We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get this for the kids to watch. So, you know, I'm watching Uh this, and I'm literally, like, you know, I, I'm a kid. This is like 1986. I've I've watched Walton's reruns. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. isn't that John Boy? He's <laughs> yep. running this, and I, I fucking absolutely have watched the A Team. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh my god, that's uh, what's his name? You know, from from the A Team, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm like, are those boobs on the spaceship? I think I think they <laughs> yep. are. It's like so are... if
2: you if you click on the link there, the Nell plastic model. Yeah, that is the ship.
0: I'll, yes, I'll have this link to the show notes. Everything here for the IMD, IMDb, you know, and all this stuff. It is a crazy fucking uh, movie. I remember watching yes. it as as a kid and just being like, this is super weird. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's like, I don't. It, Robert Vaughn is in this too. Yes, know, uh, I yeah. want to talk about it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because I'm, I'm his, shitting, uh, I'm,
2: his role was awesome.
0: I, I'm totally tired of Banksing this and making this all about me. But, um, you know, it just, oh man, the, just the whole crazy, crazy stuff in this with all these extra people. And I honestly, yes. now that I'm an adult and have gone back and, like, researched this and stuff like that, it's actually based on Seven Samurai.
2: Yes. We'll talk about that too.
0: And uh, I really want to see, like, how that works because what really really bothered me out of this was the aliens that like they cut their arm off uh the, yep. the 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 main bad guy was like going around just like taking pieces of the aliens and so i guess this is adam shitty movie review yeah i'm, I'm sorry i'm, I'm tyra ba- i'm tyra banksing this completely and uh yeah it just it really freaked me out that they were like oh my gosh they just willingly chopped their arm off because they had a plan to try to kill the guy uh-huh. by doing this. Anyway, so, sorry, yeah, it, but yes, I oh. saw this as a kid, and it blew my fucking mind. Anyway, there you go.
2: Yeah, I, I saw it years ago when I was young and dumb, and I'm older now and still kind of dumb, and so is Battle Beyond the Stars. So with the, uh, you know, of course it came af- out after Star Wars, and I think it was required for every space-type movie of the Earth, or of the era, and even now, to become a Starfield and a big, ominous spaceship moving through it. So, Battle Beyond the Stars had that. That was the same... Like they totally ripped off the Star Wars um, opening, but of course it could be called Seven Samurai in Space, and of course Seven Samurai was uh, written and directed by Akira Kurosawa, and The Magnificent Seven is based on it. Um, so Richard Thomas, which is Space John Boy, plays Shad, and he lives on the planet Akir. So I mentioned that it was that Seven Samurai was written and directed by Akira Kurosawa, so they named the planet Akir. Um, and so he's uh, uh, the um, the the bad guy. Bad guy Sador comes and he's gonna take over planet Akir because why the hell not? And so to oppose him, Shad goes out in his spaceship with boobs. Uh, he goes out and recruits heroes to defend the cure from Sador, and he's gonna come back and subjugate all the people of Akir. So his sister is played by Julia Duffy, if you remember her from Newhart anyone
0: <laughs> uh, okay I, I okay i'll say i remember new heart but not that specific
2: okay um i'm just so, going
1: on for the ride here
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's it is quite a treat um so at one point one of the bad guys says uh, what the hell they're only akira which of course i don't know it's kind of smacks in the face of akira kurosawa um so I don't know if, if you made a landmark film like the Mac- or like uh, Seven Samurai, and you know like I inspired the Magnificent Seven and I inspired this piece of shit, um, how would you feel if the writer said, yeah, screw you? But anyway, um, another notable thing about this movie is that James Cameron worked on it. So he did some of the modeling. He was the uh, he did the art direction. And, uh, we talked about Nell, the ship with boobs. Um, so, uh, let's see here. I, so we,
0: I honestly did not know Cameron worked on that. You know, uh, yeah. the main thing he gets uh, reminded of, I think, is like Piranha? Or, okay. Or, or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, that's and like, I don't, what, Terminator
2: was like in 84, maybe?
0: Yes. Something like that. I'm going to say yes, because no one's stopping me. <laughs>
2: okay. So one of the first people he comes upon is a Space Cowboy, which is George Papard. So he dresses like a 1970s trucker. He's from Earth, but they never really say when from Earth. Uh, smokes camels and conveniently has a load of guns and no place to deliver them. Um, but cool thing, he does have a utility belt that dispenses scotch and soda and ice um uh, so that's uh uh george pappard which is uh what the hell's the character's name on the a-team uh, you, okay yeah
0: that's uh, what i couldn't remember Hannibal. Hannibal Hannibal
2: yes Hannibal, yes Yes, we're, we're old men here <laughs> so uh Sador's big gun is the stellar converter which converts planets into dwarf stars so I don't know, you know, if my planet was a little dark, a little cool, and I was having problems with the neighbor planets, I might just say, you know, hey, the the neighbors have a bunch of cool shit, and maybe Sador might come up and uh, fix things for me. You know, he'll come up and and turn that planet into into a little dwarf sun, and then I'll have you know I'll have them gone, and I'll have a little bit more heat, and I'll be all set. Um, but anyway. Uh, Space John Boy recruits Nanelia, the sexy, nerdy girl, and sends her to the Lambda Zone where she immediately gets in trouble and is in turn rescued by Cayman, a guy that looks like a stack. So he's the lizard guy, if you look in the cast photos link I've provided there. Um, so let's see here. Um, so one of or two of Cayman's, uh crew members are little guys that are named Urim and Thunim. <laughs> Which I don't, know, I don't know if you know your your Latter Day Saints. Yes,
1: I I know what Orm and Thummim are.
2: Okay. Okay, I don't. Uh, Help me out here. It's they're like uh, fortune telling stones.
1: Yes. Yeah, so back in the, in the Old Testament times, it's it's from it's it's from the Bible. Uh, the the priest, in order to determine the will of God, would sort of throw them out, kind of like rolling the dice and. In, in the hopes that that God would give them the result that God desired for them, so that's what Beren and Thummim
2: are. And so I don't I don't know why they chose those names there. I don't know if they just sounded cool, or or what Promptly. the deal was with that. Um, <laughs> but Richard Vaughn, or Robert Vaughn, excuse me. I want to talk about him. So he plays Gelt, um, and he's an assassin. This oh, is that's...
1: another Jewish thing.
2: Oh, is it? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the money that you get when you're playing uh, dreidel. <laughs>
1: Yep, that's right. <laughs> okay,
2: all right. Uh, so he's an assassin, and he's hated by the whole galaxy, and he's haunted by his dark past, and just wants a place to hide. And I think uh, of all the the characters in this film, I really liked his portrayal the best. Um, and he also, of course, was in the Magnificent Seven, played the had the role of Lee, and this exact same character, a kind of a haunted um, gunslinger, essentially. So I thought that was interesting that they cast the same character for both films. Uh, so, uh, sorry, my audio sucks, so I don't know if I'm. You're, you're people fine. are saying anything. No, we can okay. that, yeah. so If anybody wants to pop in here and say something, let me know. Um,
0: I did that in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> R- Richard didn't like it. He made me feel bad, so I'm crying over here in the corner.
2: So Nestor is another... Uh, another one of the gunslingers, that's the hive mind. That's the guy, that one guy that cuts his own arm, or has his arm cut off.
0: Yeah, there's like a group of three of them, right? There's five of them. Okay. And I knew, I knew it was just... an odd number. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they're just in it just for the hell of it. Um, so the uh, the seventh member is St. X-Men of the Valkyrie. So if you want to click Link 4, um, <laughs> check that one out. <laughs> and she has two two awesome friends and out of as members of 8 and 9. Um,
1: okay, we we have to read this. Yes. Saint Examen is a traveling space Valkyrie, armed with a big helmet, a big attitude, and even bigger boobs. She, tra- tra- she traverses known space looking to prove to anyone that crosses her that she is the baddest bitch in the galaxy.
2: So, look through some of the some of the production photos there and I yeah, it's this is is very much the the uh the the, the cheesecake of the of the film
0: yeah played uh, by sybil danning who was also in chained heat and howling to your sister's a werewolf
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah her outfit is something to behold so sador the bad guy who is kind of I don't know. I've seen that guy before, but I don't really know who he is. Um, He had a line that gave me quite a chuckle. One of of his underlings said, something must be wrong. And Sator replies, what's wrong is that I have an army full of genetic mistakes. So the the crew is assembled, and we have the big fight at the end. Sator returns just like he promised, and the battle beyond the stars is on. So I mentioned that James Cameron managed the special effects, and they're pretty good. So being a film from 1980, this means a lot of models and pyrotechnics and green screen. Um, so the Space Samurai launch and bloody up Sador's fighters a bit. His Star Destroyer, I mean, mothership, ship is damaged and Sador sustains some in- injuries. He lands ground forces and it's on like Space Donkey Kong. <laughs> Space Cowboy, played by George Papard, leads the ground defense. Sador's troops are pushed back with a few side characters dying predictably for the cause of a cure. So we're just going to talk about Nestor and the and the arm thing. Um, he's one of Nestor is captured and and uh, tortured. So his arm is cut off by a comically slow chainsaw and attached to Sador, who was injured during the attack. Uh, so the other Nestors command the arm to cut Sador's throat, and he actually this is quite the scene where he has to fight with his own arm that's going to try to kill him. Um, so. Uh, Sador mounts up another run at the planet and brings out this big gun, the Stellar Converter, which is immediately damaged by a kamikaze run by Saint X-Men and her boobs. Huh. Uh, may they rest in peace.
0: Oh, did she die? Yes. Spoiler. Well, so yeah, she, if you, if you look at
1: that link that uh, her, for her character, it says that her character is deceased on the link.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was hoping it was a lie, though, Richard. <laughs> Um,
2: so all the space samurai are killed in various ways with the exception of Shad, Space John Boy, um, Nell is pulled aboard Sator's ship where they, uh, activate the self-destruct and punch out in Nell's lifeboat. Sator and his crew are destroyed, never to menace the galaxy. And yes, I spoiled a 40-year-old movie for you. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know, this ain't high cinema, but it's a, it's, this isn't high cinema, but it's a perfectly serviceable shitty movie. And this has been the initial offering of Roy's shitty movie review. So, listeners, I'm told that you exist, so please hit me up with some speed feedback about this review. Should I keep doing them? Should I do a different film? Give me a tweet at Roy Toy Cowboy.
0: That is true. We need to yeah. get a sponsor for that segment. Who would that be? <laughs> we'll get. Can we get Blockbuster Video? Are, are they still around? Can we get them? Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, I guess in in closing, yeah, if, if people don't like this, let me know. If people do like it, let me know or just just give us some feedback.
0: Oh, yeah. Look, I've to tell you it's like you know, people talk about like, you know, Patreon subscriptions and whatnot. No no no. Feedback is something you want more than anything. Is like that. That I mean, you have no idea like how much that like one email like really means to be. You know, like hey, you know, I really liked that episode you guys did of blah blah blah. And you know, look, yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying, it means a lot. Whatever. So, okay. I'm done. All right. So uh, we have a sponsor. It's uh, alterdimension.com, and uh, you'll see a link in the show notes because it's weird to spell. And for the discount code COG2019, you can get 20% off your order. This is where you have an an STL file or you want to take advantage of what Mike has listed there. And he's got a lot of licenses there. And, yeah, he'll print it off, ship it to you. It's really cool. Maybe you'll be lucky enough. You'll get a fertility guide in with it, you know, to kind of help you out, go about your business. And there you go. So, anyway, alterdementia.com. So. Anyway, on to what's on your radar and the first thing we had is Richard gets a new Twitter icon. This is Albedo Collector's Miniatures on Kickstarter.
2: Oh this guy. Yeah, I remember yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And um, I thought this was really neat. Let's see, okay, uh, I want make... I, like, I like the bunny. The bunny's a strong contender. Look, look, okay, <laughs> look. My my big one is the badger with the gun. You know, he's all about business right there. Just bang, bang, right there. So, um, this... Okay, this is actually already... I cannot tell. Has it actually already happened? No, it cannot. Because I can still actually buy into it, but I can't see what they're trying to get for. Let's see. Like, if I spent uh, 18 pounds, I get one figure. Anyway, this is... We've talked about Abledo, the miniatures game... Uh, several times, Richard loves them for uh, icons. It is a sci-fi anthropomorphic animal game, and this gives you a chance to get uh, some collector scale miniatures in 75 millimeter. And man, oh, I didn't
2: catch that part of it. All right, yeah, 75
0: millimeter is huge. Yeah, it actually shows them. They're base, yeah, they It shows them like right next to a 28 millimeter. They're basically twice the height, a little bit bigger and uh looks to be about 18 pounds per figure you can get four figures for 64 pounds they're supposed to deliver on september 2020 but yeah i yeah i don't know what i'm doing but i absolutely cannot see like what they're trying for i don't know he said he was fully funded on june 5th but however you can still actually fund it so i don't know so there you go. Do they have a crazy pledge? And now for about a hundred, it's up to like May 30th. So you've got about another couple of weeks. You can do this. Uh, you can well,
1: get 10. May 30th was a week ago.
0: <laughs> that is weird. I don't get it. Yeah. It was May 16th to May 30th. How? Yeah. It, it has ended. However, it will straight up. Yeah. I Well, nope. Sorry. It won't let me click on it to do it. So, oh man anyway so we missed it if, this this would have worked maybe a week ago
2: If you're into furry porn you can make them kiss
0: that's true you can like you know, now kiss <laughs> He's together yeah anyway so there you go I was gonna toss that on there uh, the next thing we had was golly and I know, maybe a week out of date yeah this is age of dogfights World War one they wanted a measly two grand and as of this podcast with five days to go, they are up to $40,000. And I'm kind of interested in this because I like the fact that it is a board game. It is a Hex Encounter game. However, they added a 3D aspect to it.
2: Mm-hmm. so it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of neat. And the cheapest you can buy into it, I mean, for 10 bucks you can get it print and play, but for $48 you get a physical copy of the game which will come out next January. So, yeah. And apparently it says one of the quotes is, this guy is an aeronautical engineer. I think he knows what he's talking about. So, I don't know. It just looks kind of neat. It does look like it takes up some uh, decent real estate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I look at this, and with the counters and stuff, it seems like you could substitute miniatures with it to be really neat. hmm But, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in this game and might
1: back this. I don't know. What's your think, I Rich? If, uh,
0: I wonder if Wings
1: of Glory or, or someone already has World War One planes that you could use for this. I wonder. Absolutely, they do. They do. Okay, yeah. I knew they had World War Two. I didn't know if they had World
2: War One. Hundred yeah. plastic altitude stands with five different heights. So there's there's going to be some altitude uh, rules too.
0: Look, I'm completely fascinated by biplanes, World War One, and all this stuff. And I continue to be fascinated by the stuff that they actually put in the air. They had massive, massive bombers, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I can't imagine what their payload was, because they're made out of, like, balsa wood and canvas. But they are enormous. They're literally, like, four times the width of a regular, like, Sopwith Camel. Or I guess that would be about 12 times the width of Snoopy's doghouse. Mm. I don't know, whatever, whatever scale you need. So uh, yeah, it's uh, to me World War One and all that is is fascinating. When I tried to play um, Bloody April, I could not believe the just the difference uh, planes that each country had and were putting in the air. So anyway, so this is pretty neat. I don't know who... I've never heard of the people that actually make this. Um, I don't know if they've done anything uh, different. Yeah, I don't remember hearing from them. Four-size guns. But, I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere, so... There you go. I mean, you get some... uh, uh, The stuff you get with it seems pretty neat, you you know? Dice, cloud markers, damage markers... Uh, bombs photos etc so it looks to be a pretty cool little box set for what you get and it's absolutely funded yeah
1: components look good
0: uh, let's see for 76 dollars you can get it and the expansion with unlocked stretch goals and of course you have to pay shipping because that's how kickstarter works but eh, let's go toss it on here See what you guys thought. Um, yeah, it's met all its stretch goals thus far. Uh, oh no, sorry. The next one is at forty thousand dollars. That is a double-sided board. So there you go. Ah, I'm i kinda... looks,
1: looks like he's planning on a, a series too with a more modern aircraft.
0: That'd be cool. You know.
1: Yeah. Speaking, which obviously of... Of... a bit more a lot more likely to happen if this one. Not. I mean, obviously, it's going to hit its goal, but if it is well, you know, received.
0: Speaking of uh, the next thing we had was Wing Leader Victories, nineteen forty 1940 to nineteen forty two. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, record?
1: I own this game, but I haven't played it yet. I just got it about a month ago, and I haven't played it yet.
0: I what caused me to put it on here was uh, some people talking about a. Um, it may be an unofficial, or it may be official. Was a uh, Spanish Civil War. Uh expansion or whatever for it and uh i was like wow i've never heard of this i'll just toss this on here it's by lee yeah there's already
1: i'm looking at uh there's already a couple expansions for him as well so there's there's wing leader air combat which is earlier and then victories which is 40 to 42 and then there's an expansion that gives you 43 to 45 as well so yeah, there's already a couple expansions for it, and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the expansion at this point, I think, is basically just adding new aircraft. So,
0: I find it interesting that it's not a hex, but a square.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different from, and it's not, it's it's uh, it's side-scrolling, which is different from, you know, this game we just talked about, or from something like, you know, Downtown or Red Storm, or most games I can think of that are like that. This one's a side-scroller. So and like... I haven't played it yet. I really want to get it on the table. Um, just haven't had a chance to yet. But I will definitely let you know how I like it once I do.
0: So it's like a video game, I think. Yeah. Do yeah, yeah, so cool. yeah. you remember if do you got... Look, have you guys ever played 1942?
1: I uh, the, that one. the game? No.
0: Yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. It, it was... It, that's the one I always think of. It I think you're playing... I think you feel like a P-38. And, you know, it's just essentially one of those bullet hell games, like uh, R-Type or something. You, you're the ship firing forward, and just bullshit is just descending down on you. Anyway, I'll, I'll link it in the show like notes. Like Defender. Yes! Well, Defender went left to right. I want to say 1943 went up, up... I'm uh, sorry, bottom to up. Down to okay. up, whatever... Mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a technical term for it but yeah i can't think of it anyway so uh i'll link that in the show notes for you kids that have never heard of 1943 and i will say that is also a john belushi movie that I've i have never seen. Say, yep. yeah. <laughs> i've never seen it
2: that's it i gotta i gotta watch it i gotta review it now
0: okay yeah that that would be really cool to do uh <laughs> i want to say that was a spielberg film a uh, hundred years ago, maybe? Um, shit, I don't know. Yeah, we just talk out our ass here at Chance the Game. Look, no, okay, first of all, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, this, again, this is not history on the table. We, we are not correct. This is, that was 1941. 41. Not, not yep.
2: 1943.
0: 1941, and yes, the John Belushi's in it. He's excellent, and uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Have you, Roy? No. Okay. It was done in 1979. Never seen it, so... Yeah. It has Dan Aykroyd, oh. Ned Beatty, John Belushi, and... Chris, Robert it has Christopher Lee, point. Robert Stack, John Candy, et cetera, now, et cetera,
1: 1941, that's when the Nazis bombed Pearl Harbor, right?
0: Yes! It yeah. was want... it over when the Germans bombed <laughs> Pearl Harbor? No! Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. anyway uh moving on to ah yeah i thought this was really cool this is called and this is up on kickstarter called um uh, alice is missing and it is an rpg with a gimmick that i think really works in uh modern times yeah, the modern meaning, like, especially the last couple months. Yeah, this is an <laughs> RPG you play via text, where straight up, you all, guys all sit down at the table, you don't talk to each other, you text back and forth. And so I thought that was a really cool, you know, gimmick for it. Currently, the Kickstarter has, as we record this, 21 days to go. They want a measly ten grand and... As of this podcast, they have almost sixty grand.
1: Yeah, and for ten bucks you can do PDF only, so I'm I'm in for ten bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, you can get a physical copy for twenty bucks, and that also includes the uh, the PDF. Um, is there anything crazy? Okay, for twenty dollars or more, you get the roll twenty version. Let's see, forty, you get PDF physical and roll twenty. Oh, okay, here you go, Richard. For $300, you can actually play a uh, play this game with the designer, Spencer. Uh, I love how they note that it does not include shipping. Fuck you. If I'm paying $300 for this, you're, you're, this shit should ship free. Anyway, whatever. So I will say, also, only one person has backed this. Maybe it's Spencer's mom. I don't know. Could be. Maybe hmm. not. Maybe his girlfriend, his boyfriend, whatever, but yeah. So, it, someone's got a crush on Spencer. Yeah, it could be. A stalker, you know, he didn't He's know. He's been ignoring me for so long. Yes, he can't ignore so, me now.
2: So for $300, you can hire Spencer, because Spencer is for hire?
0: uh, uh yeah. That's right. Okay. The kids aren't going to get that, Roy, but I get right. it. I've never seen it, but I understand it. We're old men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, look. Whenever people put that kind of stuff on the Kickstarter, it leaves me with so many questions. It's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop three hundred bucks. I'm, I'm supposed to play play this with Spencer. Does he come to me? Like, will he fly into like? Okay, first of all, he'd have to fly into Jackson, Mississippi, and then drive to Bumfuck, Mississippi, to in order to play this. You know. <laughs>
1: I think stuff like that, I think you go to him and you're responsible for travel costs, I think is the way they do it. So
0: I would have to fly, you know. But on this one, I mean, you just text each other. You could uh, sleep on his couch. Oh, yeah. That's, M- that's, message
1: that's, and data charges
0: do not apply. That is, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a really good disclaimer. Absolutely, you're right. So, yeah, I would have to fly to fancy town, Iowa. And, you know. Be, to, there
2: is no place like that. <laughs> to,
0: to play this. Sorry, Fancy Town, New York, or wherever, and yeah, okay. So, alright, yeah, alright. But anyway, this, I really think, is a really cool, you know, gimmick for it. And uh, I kind of, I tried to spread it around to all my friends that um, uh, love RPGs and love gimmicky stuff, and so, yeah. Anyway, it was successful, so Mazel tov. there you go. Or, you know, give it. looking at, at the Fox News graphics... Did you guys see that when they were talking about uh, the protesters were, were throwing Molotov cocktails? Yeah. I, found I that, saw that. I found somebody memed it, it. Yeah, I found that hysterical. I was like, okay, I don't know <laughs> if that's real or not, but that's fucking funny. So,
2: anyway. Well, hi, motherfucker. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> Alright. So, for whatever reason on the uh, What's On Your Radar, somebody put Next War Korea?
1: Yeah, i got that on there. Okay. Just because, you know, we talked about it briefly before. Um, we are... Historic Fest was supposed to be in a couple weeks um, and obviously got postponed, not canceled. Or I really hope that that still goes through at the end of the summer.
0: Look, we um, all do, Rich. We all do. Yeah,
1: but Mitch and Matt and I decided that, say, since we were taking that day off to be in Kansas City anyway, we're going to play Next War Korea online that day. So I'm looking forward to, to playing it um, and... I think Mitch is actually even going to be in Kansas City that day which I think is funny but he won't they won't be face to face or anything.
0: Oh, good for y'all. I hear that yeah. I hear that Mitch guy is a really cool dude.
1: <laughs> yes. That's
0: better than what you said last time. <laughs> I'd just say yeah, he's really cool. So uh anyway, uh the next thing we had is like actual news and uh yeah, my kids are really excited about this. There's an official D&D and My Little Pony crossover. Why is it official? Because Hasbro owns both My Little Pony and Dungeons and Dragons. So there you go.
1: Okay, this mm-hmm. one in the black leather is a little disturbing.
0: Yeah, well, I know. What kind of that's like assassin <laughs> pony. It's like, hey, <laughs> You know, you didn't give me any. Uh,
1: I, I guarantee there. that's someone's fetish.
0: I, maybe so, but that <laughs> is like okay. All right, all right. All right you, you okay? And you'll see this in the notes. Richard. You, you hone in on Assassin <laughs> Pony there, but never mind the fact there is a bard, and how is that horse going to play that big twelve-string uh, guitar with hooves?
1: Okay, Roy. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't. I, I don't know if Roy, you've
1: seen this, Adam. You might have seen Veggie Tales before, have you?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar.
1: Okay, so I don't even remember which episode it was, but there's one where they're all clapping, and VeggieTales they don't even have hands; they just. Yep. But there's they even say in the episode they go, "How are we clapping?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. This horse with the sort of sort of supposed to be a lute, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway, my my kids are like, "Oh my gosh, we have to get this." I do kind of hate that it's like the kind of old style ponies i guess that would be gen one not the modern my little ponies i don't know i mm-hmm. I, I don't know what size mm-hmm. they are but i don't know when these are going to come out does it say oh i know there's like tales of equestria is like the the official thing and, and
2: then the pathfinder yeah
0: yeah that was i don't know i don't is th- that
2: the one you played roy the Tales of Equestria, yeah. Okay, Although yeah. I have some modules that are in the Pony Finder, Pathfinder version from uh, from Adam.
0: Yeah now, uh, you can, yeah. now you can get some minis to play your game. Pony, All right. Well, Pony Finder started it, oh. and then Hasbro was like, wait a minute, we can make you, you guys say we can make a little money at this? Okay, <laughs> so we'll, we'll put it on an official thing. There you go. So,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so uh, moving on the next thing we had is Cyberpunk Red and Stargate RPGs are delayed. Wah, wah, wah. Most like, you know, everything nowadays. You know? What? Well, I did
2: not hear there was a Stargate game coming out.
0: Uh, dude. Okay, look. You should totally listen to this podcast called Chance of Gaming. where they talk. about <laughs> it? Well, we talk about this? We, I swear we did because I am uh, a huge Stargate nerd. Okay. Ma- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am completely wrong in this, but I swear we did. All okay. Right. I mean, it's, I gotta, it, it really I lends say, itself to it.
1: Yeah, I gotta say I'm with Rowan on this one. I don't remember talking about Stargate.
0: Dadgummit, I'm gonna look at this when I edit this show tomorrow, and either I'll have egg on my face, or you will. We'll see. <laughs> or
1: you'll just edit the whole thing out. <laughs> yes, I'll edit
0: the whole thing out and make myself look better. Mm, so, uh, yeah, do you guys watch, have you guys watched Stargate at all? I've seen the movie. I never saw the TV show.
2: I saw a few episodes of the sh- TV show.
0: Again, I swear we talked about this episode. But anyway, I could all right, be. all right. The, the movie's great, and um, it can't. They did a TV show starting on Showtime. Uh, mm-hmm. so there's boobs in the first episode, like the first two or three episodes. There's boobs, maybe the f word, because it's on Showtime. This is like, ooh, you know, big, and this is edgy. And uh, MacGyver is the lead guy. Yeah. He's the Kurt Russell character. And um, I, when I rewatch Stargate, and I do this every other year or so, there's like I don't know, there's like 13 seasons, and they're like 20 something episode seasons. And uh, I always skip the first two seasons. So if you're interested in Stargate and you've never watched it, watch the movie with Kurt Russell. And then I advise you to watch, uh, starting with Season 3 of Stargate SG-1. And just go from there. It's I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Hmm. And uh, there were two expansions. There was Stargate Atlantis, which launched, launched the career of uh, Aquaman and uh, it's fantastic, and uh, there was uh, Stargate Universe, which really fell on its face, but it's not bad, and you should probably watch it, but I mean, yeah, if nothing else, watch Stargate SG-1, it's really good, so there you go, but I mean, Stargate absolutely but in it, it has a really good... Rich, lore, detailed lore, and it lends itself really well for role-playing. Because you just go through the gate, and it's some new bullshit that you're exploring. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it works perfectly. Oh, yeah,
2: it totally would work. With, I mean, it really lends itself to role-playing.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, ah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The next thing, oh, yeah. Essen Game Fair canceled. I think everything's canceled nowadays. Uh, Gen Con was canceled. Grand Con was canceled.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, right. I think... I think the bigger things are canceled because it's harder for them to reschedule. The smaller things, like historic fest, I think are trying to
2: reschedule. Well, and Grand Con is not that big. It's that's the one that's in Grand Rapids. Okay. Uh, it's that was scheduled for September. So.
1: Yeah, that worries me. I, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm. I mean, I think we're going to see a, a second wave hit somewhere mm-hmm. around October, November, December which I, I was talking to my wife about that yesterday, and she's like, oh, great. I'm like, yeah, well, it's coming. So, Well, I mean... Um, you, but you... I've, I've seen a lot of things that have been postponed to September. Not just gaming cons, but other stuff as well. So, maybe that's just people going, you know, that's far enough away that we can kick the can down the road and come back to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, I will say, you know, uh, you're... A lot of states have just, like, opened up. I know Wisconsin, the, you know, their Supreme Court ruled that the stay-at-home thing was unconstitutional. And they straight up just Leroy jenkins and, you know. It. <laughs> so you're actually starting to see, like, massive, massive spikes. I think my, my wife is from Florida, so she was talking about today that um, Florida recorded its highest amount of cases today, which was 4,000. You know, and uh, that's just... Because they just straight up just opened up, you know? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you still... I mean, you you still have these people that are like, oh, it's not real, you know, or I'm young, or blah, 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 you know, whatever, and just don't give a shit. So, yeah, a lot of stuff's happening. Never mind the fact that, you know, these protests are going on, and it's tens of thousands of people, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of stuff, so... I mean, I really hope I see you in August, Rich. I really, really do, and can give you um, your game. If not, and it goes up in value, and I eBay it and just say I lost it and <laughs> give you your money back, you know, whatever. I mean, that could happen, too. Um, you know, honestly, one thing I was legit thinking about doing for going to that, um, my neighbor, quote-unquote, is Jack Green, a uh, board game... Uh, uh, Designer and he runs, um, dadgummit, what is the name of it? Uh, oh my gosh. Sorry, hold on. It'll live Google this real quick. Um, his, um, company is Dad Gummit. Uh, this is the guy that did Bismarck, Iron Bottom Sound 3, Quarter Deck Games. Yes, Quarter Deck Games. I'm sorry. Quarterdeck Games. So, one thing I was thinking about doing was to go to the thing in August in Kansas City and be like, hey, guys, if you order something from Quarterdeck Games, I'll mule it up there for you so you can save shipping. So, you know, Jack can make some money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to do something like that. But, you know, we'll, we'll just see how this goes. You know, I really, I, I'm actually getting out to my local gaming store for the first time. I still wear masks, you know, wherever I go. And, like, my local gaming store pulled, I know, multiple tables and are trying to do stuff, so, eh. But, yeah, I fully, fully expect things to get worse as the year goes, you know. I mean, at the very least, when winter hits again, you're absolutely going to see a spike. So, right. I don't
1: know and you got whatever the regular
0: flu is as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look, uh, look, after I turned 40, which was like 4 years ago, I started paying more attention to like morale, mortality and health and all that stuff and it really disturbs me that people are like, "Eh, fuck this. You know, I'm not old, so fuck them." And I'm <laughs> my, the way I think of things, I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to be old one day, and I would really like to not die." you know <laughs> to this dumb shit so can people take this stuff seriously i don't know anyway
2: whatever well and part of taking it seriously is while well, thinking about the people around you that might get infected and you know it's i think part of it is that it's such a uh, labor intensive thing for um health providers that that's kind of why they uh you know they want us to shelter in place and wear masks and just take precautions because it you know this people take up space and and uh, labor to care for
0: yeah i mean that's true it's like you know okay you won't die from it but you're you know you're going to be sidelined for like 2 weeks and either mm-hmm. maybe it'll be nothing or maybe you'll be really really sick and so it's kind of hoping that that doesn't happen. Regardless, it's mm-hmm. like you can't, uh, you know, go out and, like, work your job and, like, all this stuff. My job will actually get back to work, I think, the week of the 12th. I think we'll, okay. we'll be back to, to normal where we're coming in, like, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. So, I don't know. It's so, so freaking weird to me. My wife and I were talking about this earlier that, you know... It's just odd that, you know, uh, for <laughs> I for like the past three months, it's been like, you know, we get up in the morning, it's like I'll cook breakfast, make coffee, you know, I'm sitting down. I don't even have a shirt on until like 11 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe, <laughs> you know, it's just so weird. It's like, I, you know, I put on, like, you know, I put on clothes when I feed my dogs, you know, so I don't, like, affect the property value of my neighborhood. You know, it just... Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's just this whole weird thing to have to go back to. But anyway, so there you go.
2: So I put the next item on there. I was just going to share this. Uh, Eric Lang is a uh, game designer. you probably familiar with him. So, oh, yeah. uh, like, he... He did a bunch of stuff. So anyway, he uh, did a Facebook post talking about his experiences with the uh, uh, Minneapolis PD and they're they're pretty upsetting.
0: Um, so Eric Lang is a black gentleman.
2: yes, yes. okay. person of color from Canada. Uh, and um, I don't know it's along with uh, you know pandemics, we also have to deal with um, racism and it yeah. sucks.
0: Uh, so. I, I will say, look, okay, look, when you look up racism in the dictionary, generally it says, see also Mississippi, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. as a general rule, you know, uh, I will say we had our first real protest um, yesterday as yep, we I record, heard about that. record this podcast, that would have been uh, June 6th. We, I think the official estimation was about 3,000 people and it all went fine. Uh, the mm-hmm. city of Jackson did not even employ any police. They had firefighters actually out there directing traffic and doing whatever needed to be done there. They had That was no, good
2: on them. Yeah. That's 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 a prudent thing to do. Yeah,
0: I know. That that was people were like, "Wow, that's, you know, pretty nice." But, you know, Jackson is majority black, our neighbor is black, our, I'm sorry, our mayor the mayor is black, you know, so you would hope that they would have this kind of, you know, uh, just awareness, and so yeah, it went really, really mm-hmm. well. I I hope it continues. I really do. I hope it continues to be peaceful and people's voices are heard. Uh, I'm a little worried because I, all over the country, people are pulling down. They're pulling down Confederate statues, even like oh, and like over in England, I saw. Where, mm-hmm. You know they had a statue of some dude that like made he made his money from selling slaves. They yep. literally pulled it down and tossed it in the harbor, and um, I I'm just a little worried because like here in Mississippi we kind of fetishize the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. It, it's a fetish for a lot of people, and uh, we have statues all over the fucking place, and especially like at our Capitol and you know stuff like that, and so. I worry that if, you know, we get to that point here, that there will be a disproportionate response from, yeah. the, from the local well, there authorities. Was,
1: I don't remember where it was. It was about a week ago somewhere, but there was somewhere where the protesters were going to a Confederate statue or, or a monument or some sort, and they were starting to tear it down. And the mayor said, hey, hey, if you stop, I'll take it down tomorrow.
0: Yes, that was in and Alabama.
1: They, okay, yeah, and they stopped, and the mayor's like, all right, I'm taking it on the next day, so right. keep everybody safe and still, you
0: know. And I, I will say you're seeing this passed all over social media today, is some Black Lives Matter people, quote-unquote, that is like what you see in the graphic being passed around social <clears> media, throat> uh, throat> vandalized a monument to the 54th massachusetts infantry which was an all-black infantry you know unit so you're seeing shit like that you know passed around like aha, look you know it's that whole gotcha thing you know whatever mm-hmm. but uh i worry about it here in mississippi because i don't think our government is capable of a proportionate response to something like that at least at a state and local level. So that makes me worried, but you know, again, we'll see. And again, this is just a tabletop podcast. So, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. But again, the the fucking world's on fire. It's hard not to talk about it. I will I will say I read a fantastic article and I'll try to link it in the show notes that when the Gettysburg Battle Park was being put together, they put it all together and they were they, the first thing they did was put up monuments to the northern uh, units that were there. And there was a hell of a lot of protest from Civil War Union veterans about putting up monuments to the Confederacy. Hmm. So, and, you know, look. So, it, how
1: long after the war was this? Was
0: this, um, when did they start? Well, they were still alive. You know, I'll link it in the show notes. They were still alive. So, it couldn't have been 10, 20 years after. Right. The, you know, yeah. so that would have been mm. probably 1900. Mm-hmm. They, or, sorry. Let's see. It ended in uh, 65. So, say, you know, 85, you know, okay. ar- ar- around there. So, there was a lot of pushback from Union veterans about putting up Confederate things. And, look, we can do a whole other podcast. I don't want to do it here. I want to talk about it here. Or you can just, you know, at me at Twitter or email me at chanceofgaming at gmail.com. We could talk about the myth of the lost cause and how it's fucking cancer down here in uh, Mississippi. It's this huge problem that we have to deal with because it's our, It's this a weird thing? It's like I'm, I'm 44 years old. And the weird thing is, nobody talks about, like, hey, our dads, you know, I'm Gen X, it's like, and it's like, our dads were pretty racist. And our grandfathers were fucking racist as hell. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about that. And they, they don't talk about, like, what they told us. So it's this whole thing about the myth of the lost cause. And, you're, and it's all these guys that are like, well, my dad and my grandfather said this, and why would they lie to me, you know? I didn't go to college, so I don't fucking know any. And I've never read a book, so I don't know any better. You <laughs> know uh, about this shit. You know that these fucking statues didn't even go up till like the '60s, when um all the the civil rights you know thing was going on. So uh, mm-hmm. we had this whole problem, and it's a whole fucking cancer. And I won't talk about it on this thing. So, you know, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Just email me. But yeah. So anyway, uh, that's just a thing we have. That's- Let's hope that this makes us better people. I, you know, I hope. I hope so. I really, really do. And I will say, I think my the last political thing I'll say. I read it today, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that makes a hell of a lot of sense." And it is, if you got permission from the police to hold a protest, you're not having a protest. You're having a parade. So, hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. the next thing we have is Empire of the East RPG up on Kickstarter. Now, I'm a big fan of uh, the old-school role-playing, at least in reading, because I never played this kind of stuff. So, and I thought this was super cool, and it comes from, this is uh, Fred Saberhagen's Empire of the East, and this is done by Goodman Games, and, who does Dungeon Crawl Classics. And, mm-hmm. I want uh, is this one over, too? It, I mean, it could have been. Uh, yeah, I think it's oh. over. So, uh, uh, I'll just link it here, so we'll have it. It yeah it ended on the twenty it ended on the twenty If I had actually done yeah if we'd done this a week ago you'd we have had it. But anyway, it's super cool. So just look for it in the future. They only wanted five grand and they got thirty two grand. So yeah, it's really cool. It'll mm-hmm. probably be on Drive Through RPG if you're interested. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know eventually when uh, it comes out it'll be there. So there you go. Oh, yeah, and the the next one is definitely one I'm going to fund. It's got 10 days to go as of this podcast. Relic Blade. I really need to get Sean back on the show and talk to him about this. And I was super excited to find a guy locally that's like, Hey, Relic Blade, I'm really interested in that. I'm like, really? Because I have the second edition starter set all painted and would love to play it anyway this is extra factions for relic blade i'm utterly fascinated by this because it's a 28 millimeter game that is played on a 28 millimeter skirmish game played on a two by two table area so i love mm-hmm. that and nice fight a phone booth yes it is it is a knife fight in a phone booth absolutely <laughs> and uh Sean is the guy that he does the rules, he does all the sculpts, I think he does a really good job sculpting, and uh, yeah, I think the last uh, Kickstarter he uh, did, I backed because it introduced dwarves into uh, the Relic Blade universe, and this one, there's just some really cool figures. I really like the Gnome Grenadier, because they have a gun that's twice the size of them, He's got a pointy hat, hat too. too. Yes, Holy and,
1: cow.
0: and a pointy That's hat. That's old school. Yeah.
1: And I really Remember like when I was a kid getting the pewter stuff for to play D D with.
0: Mm. <laughs> I like the Dark Prophet. He looks really cool. Has a looks like a crow skull for a uh, a head and uh, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna back this. I'm probably I really wanna do it at the eighty five dollar level, which gets me a copy of this new two player set. I get the I don't have a copy of the new rule book this will get me that and this will also get me all of uh, the figures so
1: you know this kind of makes me think um, I noticed you know I follow Ryan Heilman who's a brave little Belgian guy on, on Twitter and he uh, he recently just came out with a, a new game that he he put up on tabletop simulator so people kind of kind of play around with it and it seems to me that these type of games, these minis games, these, you know, tabletop war games, skirmish games, but even other games as well, would be so great if you gave a demo on tabletop simulators, so people could, you know, play it on there, try it out, see what the mechanics are like and go, yeah, this is really for me. I want to get some minis and play this on my table.
0: Uh, you know, I agree, but e- look, I consider myself a little tech logically knowledgeable and i just i have trouble with tabletop simulator maybe it's yeah. just me
1: it depends on the module i mean you know some of them better than others it's it, it's all the scripting that's involved but with something like this i mean i think you've obviously got some sort of 3d model in a computer somewhere that you make the minis from so it seems to me like you could take that and turn that into something basic on tabletop simulator to at least let people see what the game is about mm-hmm. maybe not in a kickstarter stage maybe later but it the only reason i say this is because there are so many skirmish games out there that to someone that's not familiar with them they all look the same and it makes you not know what to get unless i mean if i live in mississippi I, and adam came to me and said hey, I've already got this, let's play it. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, I, I've talked about that before. Like, it used to be, small-scale skirmish used to be like a dream. It's like, oh, nobody, nobody's doing this. <laughs> you know, and now, it, I swear, it seems like, you know, 15 a month, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're, do, we're doing on Kickstarter. And so, yeah, it's, it's yeah.
1: yeah. And I think they all just blur together, and, and I don't know, I mean from a from an economist point of view i mean the, the economy is going to decide what wins and what loses but i mean it, it, the most the best game that you can buy is the one that you're going to play and for most people that's probably going to be warhammer
0: yes i mean if somebody like you know richard's like hey i want to get into miniature gaming what should i get into although i would happily recommend legion at this point because yeah, it's it's,
1: it's, legion it's is getting much better it's, but still yeah, warhammer's it, still a king
0: And, uh, you know, I'll also say it is due for a new edition soon. And, you know, I mean, this isn't a Warhammer podcast, and you can honestly listen to a lot better ones than this. But uh, they did announce uh, the new edition, and I was very... Ninth edition? Gosh, I think it is ninth.
2: Okay. And I,
0: I, golly, I swear, I started playing this really, uh, I think I played like one game of second edition, but my main thing was like, um, third. And just going from there, I played fourth, and then I think I quit at 5th Mm-hmm. Or maybe sixth, and just for it to just have been going on and on and on and on for this long. But I will say with this new edition coming out, they make a point to saying, hey, we're raising the point cost of everything. Because we want you to be able to play games faster and, you know, and just it be smaller on the tabletop. And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Because, like, really, my only complaint with 40K lately has been the damn models look ridiculous on the table. Completely (laughs) and utterly ridiculous. It's a 2,000 point game, and you've got a two foot, you know. 18 inch deployment 9 inch deployment zone whatever it is and it's just completely and utterly filled with these giant fucking tanks and all this stuff mm-hmm. and it just makes no sense like how did that tank get this close to this anyway whatever For real- i tried yeah.
2: to get involved in warhammer twice and failed both times and i'm just i'm done i still subscribe and uh, to the uh, subreddit and look at the models and everything but
0: I mean they're great just, models. Uh, they yep. have really good. Um, uh, the lore is fantastic. You know everything. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah you should be able to find a group locally no matter where you are in the world. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I can,
2: but I'm a cheap bastard, and I don't want to spend uh, so much money.
0: That's very true. Very true. So uh, the next thing we have was Gateway Gamers. Uh, I believe I tossed this on here. I just I. Recently heard of this. This is in St. Louis. This is August twenty second and twenty third. Uh, Richard, yeah. are you familiar with this Siege World? I, I've I've heard of
1: this. Um, because I'm not a big minis guy, you know. It's it's like
0: oh yeah, I'd heard of it, but that's about it. All right. So if I can reach out to them and get you a free pass, could could you go and 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 check this out?
2: <laughs> Star Wars Armada.
0: Well, probably. i I'm probably, in, probably, yeah. look, I'm impressed. Yeah, I've never
1: played Armada. I really want to play it, but I never have. And
0: yeah. It's not. Look, it, okay, okay, great. Let's, let's talk about Armada for a second. <laughs> I, uh, because there is a, uh, there's a game store locally that a lot of people don't go to and it had been closed up, you know, for the past three months. I decided I had some time to kill between shifts and decided to swing by there. And I go in there. and They have Armada on the shelf. They're like the only place locally that has Armada on the shelf. And pretty much with everything they have I'm always checking, okay, this is here versus eBay. What's it going for on eBay? And sure enough, I find some out-of-print Armada stuff. And It's only out of print because it's, you know, FFG is going to bring this stuff back into print, but they, it's been out, you know, just the way it is. I mean, X-Wing doesn't have this problem, I don't think, Uh, but Armada always has. Since the game came out, they've always had this problem with, you know, this awesome ship Whatever it is, you know, everybody wants it for this particular build, and, uh, well, it's out of stock. It's out of print, which drives prices way, way up.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: sure enough, I end up finding some, and I actually list them on a local Facebook, or not a local, but a Facebook Armada group, and I got so much shit for it. You know, because I I was like, look, I want X amount of dollars for it. And X amount was based on closed, finished, successful eBay auctions. Recent ones. And I had actually priced my stuff less than that. But people were mad as hell. That they were like, ah, you're scalping it. Whatever, I'm not, not, you know, this is a fucking free market. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you don't have to buy this. You don't. You do not have to buy this. Eventually Fantasy Flight Games will reprint it for thirty dollars, whatever. But yeah, there was just a shitload of salt. And I'm like, all right. and they all sold. People messaged me as like, I'll take it. You know, but all the comments under it were just fucking douchebags that were just <laughs> mad. And the uh the moderators had to start re- not that I complained, but they just had to start removing things because they were dicks about it I'm like that's the fucking free market man it's like mm-hmm. if it goes out of pre- look we all want a copy and I swear to god this exists a copy of Samantha Fox the role playing game and uh, I swear to god <laughs> it, it does exist but you know it, or should you charge me Roy you know the 20 bucks or whatever it cost when it, when it came out or the 150 which is what it sells for on ebay you know, that's just the way it is, man. I'm I'm sorry. This is the fucking free market. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, this this might be cool. I'll I'll see if I can get you in, Richard. I'll be like, look, I have uh one of my co-hosts. He's very elderly and wants to come in, and he's in a wheelchair. Can you can you help him get in? <laughs> he needs he needs somebody to take care. He needs somebody to like let him know what he sees and and all this stuff. And we'll we'll talk about your your thing. No. I, I yeah i have no idea like how big this is so i was just curious i did see it has they're having a 40k itc tournament uh age of sigmar itc tournament an apocalypse tournament they're having a kings of war event an infinity event and a star wars armada event so i'm like eh. and plus they sell official siege world like glasses and stuff so they must be good i don't know I see they've got like get me in
1: I'll buy you a glass.
0: Miniature market, war room, hobbies, secret weapon, IT, you know, all this stuff. So, the pictures look nice. So, I'll see. See what it is. I'll try to get you in. So, Sounds good. The uh, last thing we got is Stellar Horizons, an epic game of exploration and humanity's expansion into the solar system.
2: This looks pretty damn cool.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, this is kind of one we missed because we delayed a week. Um, looks like this was successful at uh, $54,000 is what they raised. But, I mean, holy shit. It cost $119 is the minimum pledge for this, is, is what you get is a uh, to get a copy of this. But yeah, so, it's from Compass uh, Games. And right. I, yeah.
1: Yeah, compass games their their games are expensive. I mean, they're just they just are. But c- does compass games usually do kickstarters? Yeah,
0: uh, I'd say fifty percent of the time they do. Okay, uh, because it's becoming like the new norm. I- I'm seeing yeah. it. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is just really cool to me. You know, it's it's um, I guess you would say this is like hard science. Mm -hmm. You know, where you're actually, you know, uh, I guess like the, the expanse, you know, you have to spin it to induce gravity, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know, there's no magic, artificial gravity or laser beams or, you know, whatever. So it's just kind of neat.
1: I've never played it, but there's a game called Leaving Earth that's similar. It's a, it's a, it's a hard science, science, you know, space exploration game.
0: So, yeah, I mean, mean, I'm thinking this is kind of similar to a 4X game. You know, I don't know, I don't see who the designer is, but, you know, I'm just going to say it's, you know, John Q. Astronaut, you know, designed this. And, yeah, so.
1: Actually, the designer of the game, I don't don't remember his name either, but I think he was on Compass Games. has been doing a lot of uh, YouTube, um, like, live video interview kind of, Things for some of their designers, and I think he was on one recently. So, if you're interested in this game, uh, look on YouTube because I think there's a pretty lengthy uh, video with the designer and the, the guy that runs Compass.
0: And I, I will say, apparently, according to the comments, it's already fucking shipping. So, there you go. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, it ended on May 26th, and yeah, they're already shipping. So, there you go but uh, Mm. it looks cool since it's from Compass I'll check it out on NWS and hopefully get it for um, you know about 80 bucks or so and whatever so there you go so is that it? that brings us to the end of the show? I think so yep yeah so alright so uh, key takeaway points here Uh, did you like the shitty movie reviews? did Adam Tyra Banks it too much? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Should Richard go to uh, that um, thing in the... uh, Gateway Gamers. Gateway Gamers thing, uh, which is the actual title of it is... Siege World, August 22nd, 23rd. Is that like a week or so after uh, the Kansas City thing?
1: Uh, No, it would be before, because... Let's see, that's...
0: Because I thought that was in August.
1: Historic Fest is in September.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. It's it's about a month before. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the same weekend of Nashcon. I don't know. Let's see. Anyway, so, uh, there you go. I did, yeah, what are the St. Louis attractions for the family? Let's see. Oh, I didn't know you guys had a Six Flags.
1: Yeah, Six Flags over St. Louis. And
0: you got the... We got an arch, too. I don't know if you heard of it. Ah, yeah. Nope. Is that, like, where the McDonald's headquarters is? No? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You've got the Splash City Family Water Park. You have got the zoo, the science center, and the Magic House.
2: There's some kind of I've been to the Magic House actually.
0: It is how long you it, Uh
2: It would have been in the early '90s, '92, '93, oh, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great, but they've actually moved it since then. So, oh, okay. And it's it's bigger and better, and it's amazing.
2: I hear there's a hockey team or something there too.
1: There is. Uh, it's coming up on our first year anniversary of winning the Stanley Cup. so oh, it, right may, It's getting pretty hot. Maybe the playoffs will start soon. <laughs> is, that, is that like
0: the St. Louis Cardinals? Is that who they are?
1: Uh, yeah, St. Louis Cardinals hockey team.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds good.
1: Yep, and we got the St. <laughs> St. Louis Rams baseball team.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, all right. all right, so, yeah. Go uh, sports ball. Go, yes, go sports. Yay, local yeah. team. Well, hey.
1: you know, I, I am a huge hockey fan. I am, I am hoping that we do get some sort of playoffs. They're talking about, they're talking, they're they they're throwing some things around, but we'll see. Baseball's throwing things around too. No one knows. No one knows anything, hmm. including us.
0: Yeah, I want to actually get into baseball. You just listened
1: to us talk for two hours, and now we're telling you our big secret. Don't know <sighs> yeah, anything. I know. Was, yeah, who?
0: Is, yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll say good night.
2: Good night, hug. everyone.
0: Stay safe. Be nice to people.
2: Yes. yes. Hug a loved one.
0: Yes, that too.
1: If if they live with you. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> if they
0: consent to be hugged, hug them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There yes.
1: <laughs> good night. All
0: right. Anyway, good night, everybody.
1: Good night, everyone.